evening. Good evening wherever you are. God bless every one of you in the mighty name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Blessings to you wherever you are this evening. It is 7.32. Wherever you are this evening, as people are jumping onto the socials, I can see people coming online for this broadcast. God bless every one of you in the mighty name of Jesus. We just get a few moments under our, our feet just as we come before our Lord and our Saviour. May God bless you and strengthen you tonight. Thank you. Yeah, good evening. I can see you. May God be with you wherever you are tonight <clears throat> in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We're going to turn in a few moments to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah 41 verse 10 and where we was yesterday for a while. We're just going to spend a little time just looking at that scripture, just taking it easy and just staying where we was. We covered a lot of ground yesterday um, and I feel that I was pushing and rushing and, and uh, stretching and, and, and the time that we had. But we've got a bit of time tonight. So we can just spend a time of just sitting and being still and just resting through the Word of God as we just wait for people to come online as a couple of other platforms are just connecting as they connect now we'll get straight <coughs> excuse me into um, the scripture but you can find us on Buzzsprout, Spotify, iHeartRadio and so many other social platforms as you join us this evening as we gather around the Word of God as we just take a moment out of the busyness. What's your day been like? Been busy? Have you been hard-pressed on every time, as the scripture says, that hours have just gone by every second? I haven't had a minute to think straight. To, it just the time, I can't believe I'm just sitting here now at 7.33 on this Monday evening. You know, the day has just accelerated before me. I don't know about you guys too, whether and whatever you've been doing today, that the time is just quickening, which is quite frightening. I don't even know what the date is today. I don't even know where we are. Oh, there we go. It says the 14th of November, so... Not long, you know what we got? Five weeks. We got five weeks until Christmas, something like that. People are just connecting uh, through the world of podcasting. Good evening, God bless you. I can see you too. May God strengthen you for all those that join us in the world of Spotify and Buzzsprout and all them other platforms. May God strengthen you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Um, let's get straight into the scripture. And there we go. A page has just disappeared out of my Bible. And what one was that? That was two Peter. I have lost. Peter, 2 Peter has disappeared out of this, and that one's hanging upside down, wow, better get some sellotape out, this is the, this is the beauty of the word of God, you know, Peter is on the floor, sorry about that old son, but let's get right, let's turn into the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 41 from verse 10, we'll just look at verse 10 just for a few moments as we welcome people on, and I really would try and encourage many of us tonight to encourage many of us, um, to encourage one another, to pray for one another. We are living in very fragile times, fearful times, stressful times, and you've guessed it. The scripture that we was in yesterday was dealing with fear, and God is speaking directly to a nation. God is speaking very, very clearly to this nation of Israel, but also within within the, that 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 speech within that. Uh, text that, that is written in the book of Isaiah, that great prophet Isaiah, God is clearly speaking to the individual too. So we're going to go back over a little bit of ground. And um, I won't apologize because we have different people that, that follow us on a Monday night that don't capture church on a Sunday. So I'll, I'll try not to repeat myself in too many ways, which we won't, because God's word is new every morning. His word is fresh all the time. So those that missed it yesterday, we're just going just gonna to read from the text. So if you're going to follow me this evening, we're in the book of Isaiah 41, chapter 41, verse 10. 
You know, you may have had a really stressful, really busy day. You might be tired and weary. You might be worrying about certain things in life, worrying about for the next five weeks what is coming up. You know, the word Christmas is suddenly upon us. You know, can can you really believe the, the acceleration and the quickening of life and the time is just moving, the years, the weeks, the hours, you know, <clears throat> certainly seeing some change around, aren't we? Um, but let's just get straight into the scripture. And if you were to count this from verse 10 round to the end of that, round about verse 14, I think it's about four or five times. Maybe you could just put this up and have a look for yourself. Um, how God is speaking to Israel. He's speaking to the nation. He's the helper of the nation. But then he it, it is brought down to more of a personal uh, relationship to an individual, maybe possibly in the context that we look at. And it says that in a roundabout verse 13 where he talks about holding your right hand and holding you and guiding you and leading you yes we understand that the the overall text the overall press is regarding israel as a nation um, but remember also that god is a personal god he's the god of all creation he's jehovah jireh jehovah nissi he is your god he will make a way where there seems to be no way but I, I believe that I'm being led to these texts for a set purpose and a reason to just look at the word fear not to allow us to get fearful of being fearful, not allowing fear to get us even more fearful, but to realize that in the makeup that we have, in the humanity that we're in, we're at work, we're retired, we've got children, we ain't got children, we've got busy lives, things are happening, whatever age uh, we are, whatever culture we're from, whatever place we're birthed across the other side of the world, every one of us has issues and things going on within humanity because we are human beings and God created hum humanity God created us we are flesh and bone we are flesh we are children of the living God you are blessed but also let's just remind ourselves within the context of being a human being that faith is within us and I and I do believe that we are being led and we are being drawn and we are and Christ is taking us to the cross more and more and more are you finding that there may be the word redemption more a bit more in your vocabulary are you finding that you may be just a rhetorical question not a question to push it across the social but are you finding that you are at a place in your life where you are just really coming to Christ in a very different way and just saying, Lord, help me. Are you almost getting to the point where you're, you you can't seem to pray, you can't seem to focus? But do you know what? God is with you even in these times, you know, when, when we can lose the focus, not lose our faith, but lose the focus. Just the busyness of life uh, overtakes things and, and, and every area of life, different cultures we're in different ages, different places we're birthed, you know. God is with us because God created us. God created this world. God created the fabric that we see before us. God created everything and, and all things, you know. But Jesus is with you. God is with you. The Holy Spirit is with you. The Counselor is with you. Jesus said very clearly in the New Testament, he says, I, I, I'm going to leave, but I'm not going to leave you as orphans. That's the promise of Christ. Christ has not left you as an orphan. You are blessed. You are a son. You are a daughter. And you have the counselor. God is with you in in the fullness, in the deity, in the understanding. He is your counselor. He is your God. He is your guide. He is your rock. He is your redeemer. He is your salvation. God is, God is with you in all things. So we are in Isaiah. Thank you for putting that up. We're in Isaiah uh, 41 
verse 10. And if you was to read that for yourselves and just to maybe share that across the, the socials and just, just bring that. And when you look at that, it says, so do not fear for I am with you. When we look at this, this is clearly speaking to the Israelites, speaking to Israel, speaking to the tribes, speaking to the nation, speaking to the human, the humanity that is in that nation. When, when you look at that, um, <clears throat> so when we talk about a nation, we are talking about a group of people. A nation can only be a nation when it is made up of humanity. It is just earth. It is just dust. It is just trees. It is just nature. But what makes it a nation is the people that are living within that. So even though God is addressing the overarching uh, criteria of the nation, the nations, you know, you are part of a nation. I am part of a nation. We are part of a uh, of the UK, whether you live in it, without it, wherever you live. You are part of a nation. You make up part of that. So humanity is key into this scripture here. Even though God is, is addressing, even though God is addressing Israel, even though God is addressing the fabric of, of, of the creation of Israel, God is dress, addressing the Jews, the Greek, the Gentile, the slave, the free. God is addressing every one of us and we are all and we all belong to the kingdom of God, but we all belong to a certain nation around the world. We all live in a certain postcode. We all come under the same drum skin, the same drum beat. We are human beings. We are sinners saved by grace. You are blessed and highly favored. You are a son and a daughter of the living God. God is with you. And as we look at this scripture, God is telling the nation, and it can only be a nation because it is made up of nationals, it is made up of humanity, it is made up of people. God is not speaking to the dirt of the earth. He's not speaking to the to the olive trees. He's speaking to the people that make up the nation. So he is addressing the audience in the vast number, but also he is addressing the individual as it was then. He says, "My, I am the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So God is with you, he is with me, he was with them and he was for them. Now as we read this, you will pick up four or five times in a, about four or five uh, places within this text from verse 10 to verse 15 that God is addressing fear. A corporate push and a very personal press. You cannot hold the hand of a nation because a nation doesn't have hands a nation doesn't have legs a nation is made up of, of of nature a nation is made up the earth is made up of the fabric that we see but to get a nation you have to have people so there we have a clear indicator where are we verse 13 14 where it talks about your he says he takes hold of your right hand and he says to you, do not fear, I will help you. As God was helping the nation, God is helping this nation. As God was helping them, God is helping you and me. God has not left us nor forsaken us. The nations may have left, the, the structures within the nations may have left, but there was many that stayed following the God of Israel. And that is the same for us today. The nation may have left in certain percentages. The system may have left. The system has been built not for uh, a Christian and not for Christ because Christ is not boxed in systems and 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 criteria. God is the creator of heaven and earth. 
And I honestly believe with every fibre of my being, the scriptures that we have been led through to and led to via the podcasting, the studying, the, the sermonising, the Bible studies, the prayer groups, this group, that group, Holy Communion, the coffee and prayer, God is speaking to us as a nation, as his children, as the church, and really clearly speaking, do not fear, do not fear, do not fear. We're worried about work. We're worried about finances. We're worried about Christmas coming up. We're worried about this. We're worried about that. That is part part of the makeup of of humanity. You've only got to look at the disciples. They bounced from faith to fear, fear to faith, faith to fear. They, they was in and they was out. Not that they lost, not that we lose our faith, but sometimes the adrenaline and the fear and the fight and flight mode rises up so high, you know, <clears throat> we are driven either by faith or we're driven by fear. Some issue drives us by, uh, if you are someone that understands the, the pressure and the, the, the strength of anxiety and how anxiety drives the human body, well, faith is the exact same, but it is the opposite. Faith will lead you uh, to, to places that you can never think that you'd ever get to. But fear will also do the same thing. Fear will make you run. You can see that when the disciples and when the prophets was in a fearful position within the skin that they walk in, it took them away as in their physical. They they couldn't do and they wasn't able to to deal with what they had to deal with within the flesh. It didn't take them away from God. It 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 almost drove them in a different direction. You've only got to look at Jonah. God said, I want you to go to this place. I want you to deliver this word to Nineveh. Uh, and he was adamant in his skin that he was in. I'm not going. I, do you know that place, God? I, I, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to deliver that. So his character and his fears and his worries and his doubts, it took him on a journey. Sometimes fear takes us on a journey. Now, that's not because God will leave us or we leave God. God is actually with us on our fear journey. If you were to study the journey of Jonah, you will find that Jonah is running from what God wants him to do. Why was he running? Was he running in joy? Was he running in happiness? He was running in frustrations. I'm not going to deliver it. He was running in fear. He was running in doubt. He had. He was running in the flesh that he was created in. But God did not leave him. God provided every place that Jonah took himself to. God was with him. God is with me and God is with you. When If we are, are being driven by fear, if we are, are very fearful people, if we are anxious people, if we are in a position of, of anxiety and we are carrying a lot of anxious thoughts and we, and we just can't seem to, we're very tense, you know, that's okay because God is with, with us in the tense moments. God is with us within the fearful moments. There are so many places. The Bible talks 365 times about fear, about fear, about fear, about fear. God addresses fear. The Holy Spirit talks to us and deals with us in our fears. Christ deals with us in our humanity. Christ comes to the workplace. You've only got to look at the disciples when they were fishing, when they were tent making, when they were doing what they was doing. Christ came to their workspace. Christ comes 
to us. Christ presents himself to us. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, Jesus comes to us. And even if we run in fear and we run in doubt and we have these moments of what is church about, I, I don't get this sort of stuff, I can't work it all out. And the fear of Christmas, the fear of the commercial Christmas, I should say, the the, the fear of trying to keep up with what you've got to keep up with and trying to produce this and got to get this amount of food, we've got to get this done, we've got to get that done, we've got to have them people around for dinner, we've got to do this. When I mean have them around for dinner, I don't literally mean eat them, you know what I mean, on the other side of the table. Um, it, it's It's really difficult. I believe... The hardest thing that anyone will do is be a believer in the word of God. The Bible talks a lot about endurance. We hear a lot and we see a lot that the great New Testament writer writes, he says that we even despised of life itself. We reached a point in the writings, the great writer Paul that wrote so much and so much, he wrote so much beautiful scriptures. The power of God was working in him and through him. The great evangelist, the great apostle, the great teacher of the word of God. Most of his great writings, and you look at the writers of the New Testament, a lot of their writings were birthed and were accelerated when they was enchained, when they was doubtful, when they was on the run, when they were shipwrecked, when they were broken. You know, the Bible says God is close to the brokenhearted and those that are crushed in spirit. If you feel brokenhearted, if you feel crushed tonight, God is with you. If you feel exhausted because of your work, because of the the worry, because of the doubt, God is with you. You've only got to look at Jonah. God followed Jonah. Jonah was trying to run from the mission, from the deliverance of the message. But God did not leave Jonah. God walked. God came up god moved behind him he did not go in front of him he was he was behind him but he always provided a safe place a safe space if you look at the story of, of jonah it's a very interesting story of a of a godly man that was to deliver a godly message in an ungodly situation so <clears throat> trying to work out the life and the, the thinking and the computing of his mind and what Joan was thinking about is that I am not going to go to Nineveh. That place is like a hellhole. I ain't going to go down there. If I go down there, I'm going to get eaten and beaten alive. If I deliver this message of God, they are just going to tear me from limb to limb. I ain't going. But God did not rebuke him. God did not destroy him. When Jonah went in his fear, when Jonah said, throw me overboard, I've had enough, I want to die, God made a way out. God finds, God uses people, God uses situations to to catch us when we throw ourselves over the boat. Have you ever thrown yourself over the boat of life and gone, throw me overboard, I've had enough, I've had enough of this life, throw me over the edge. Have you ever reached a point where you've gone over the edge, when you've, when there's no no way back, but suddenly you find yourself that you are back, and you can't work out how did I get here? God always makes a way where there is no way. He is a way maker. He is your God. He is your guide. He is your Jehovah Jireh. He is your Jehovah Nissi. He is your Jehovah Shalom. He is your peace. He is your healer. He is your refuge. He is your rock. He is your good shepherd. He will make a way. If you are in a concrete cell, God will talk to you and guide you and get you out. There are many people, almost 
captured within themselves within a prison without being uh, being under the title uh, Her Majesty's uh, pleasure, being restricted under lock and key within what we understand within in in that movement of, of, of prison, but actually within a prison within their culture, within a prison within their life, within a prison within their lifestyle, within a prison within their workspace. We can easily make ourselves prisoners and not realize that we are prisoners and we are slaves and we are prisoners to the system and the key is always locking the door. But God, God says you are a slave to righteousness. So the sunset's free is free indeed. And we can almost make ourselves a prisoner within our own culture, that we are allowing the culture to be the guard over us, that I can't move out of this, I can't move from this workplace, I can't move from this this setting that I live in at this moment, I can't move because we have made ourselves prisoners, even though there are no walls around us, we, we find ourselves locked within ourselves. That can be the most dangerous place to be locked within yourself, allowing fear to lock you down, allowing fear to drive you. Faith and fear are the drivers of the characters that we are. You know, when faith, when faith is your driver, it brings joy, it brings hope, it brings uh, expectation, it brings all this 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 box this this framing of christianity that's what faith brings but when fear is your driver it brings darkness it brings sadness it brings almost i can't think i'm i'm being driven by anxieties and fears and doubts and i ain't going to make it i'm never going to change I, I can't move on so there there are two drivers in our life there are two drivers it's either fear or it's faith um, the Bible talks a lot about faith. The Bible is about faith. The Bible is about hope. The Bible is about creation. The Bible is about God. The Bible is, 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 so, is so beyond human language that we cannot articulate, we cannot quantify, we cannot put into to words within the language, the, the concept and the times that we live. We, we cannot verbalize the beauty and the majesty and the glory of this holy God that we serve. Trying to articulate, trying to verbalize, trying to, trying to bring to one another what does God mean to us. It's almost impossible to the, the human being to, to bring to this position. But you know what? God deals with a lot of fear. We are human beings. The Bible talks about the human race, how we've been created. It talks about creation. You know, a good study, <clears throat> excuse me, a, a good study to look at and to deal with if you're wobbling or if I'm wobbling or if we're, is, is creation. To look at creation, look at Genesis and understand and spend a long time looking and walking in the book of Genesis because Genesis is about redemption. Genesis is about salvation. Genesis is about the spoken word and God said. Genesis is about death and life. Genesis is about nature, creation. Genesis is about the power of, of light. Genesis is about the power of, of the spoken word. Genesis is, see, when I, when I get a, I will say a, a, an understanding, but I, I can't get an understanding uh, in the true sense of the word understanding. My, my academic stretch, my understanding, my knowledge will take me so far as a believer that is looking at God, but no one can quantify, no one can articulate 
the glory and the beauty of God. If you was to look, if you was to study astrology, if you was to study the stars and the formation of the planets and the way the solar system and the way everything moves, it is beyond the test tube. It is beyond science. It is beyond NASA. It is beyond the greatest scientific minds it is beyond the human eye it is beyond the human thinking it is beyond the greatest thinkers the greatest educators beyond it is beyond the human mind the concept of creation is beyond but what creation does i i, I believe that if 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 churches would look and preach and teach and study creation what that does, obviously Genesis, the beginning, if I was to study Genesis, it gives me a, a solid, firm foundation of the rest of the 66 books, the 65 books that are accelerated from uh, Genesis, because Genesis deals with the beginning of the earth, the age of the earth, the, the beauty of creation, the, the fabric of, of how God spoke and everything coming to being, so so by getting a, a grasp and getting a, 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 a roundabout, a general understanding on, on creation. Now, we, I'm, I must remind us as well that God reveals his word to us. So we can take ourselves through academic studying and we can take ourselves through line by line Bible studies and precepts. We can take a line and a, and a scripture one at a time and we can dive into that scripture but as we go into that, God's word is living water. So God's word opens our heart, opens our minds. If you look at the two on the Emmaus Road, the Bible says that Christ opened their hearts. If you look at when Christ appeared uh, to many after uh, the, the death or, and, and look at the Passover when Christ came back and he came back in, in, in heavenly bodily form, let's use it at that, let's use that terminology, it says that he opened up the scripture. You will find that it says that Christ opened up the scripture. Christ opened up their eyes. Christ opened up their mind. Christ opened up the word. Christ opened up their heart. Because the human being is limited. We are limited to what we understand. We are limited to what we can grasp. We are limited to what we can read. We are limited to what we can study about Christ. There is so much in the word of God about creation even from even in the book of isaiah when you when you trace creation through creation will take you to this creation will take you to the cross of calvary creation will take you to the birth the death the resurrection of christ Cre uh, creation will take you to eschatology the rapture of the church christ is the center christ is genesis christ is revelation Christ is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Christ is Leviticus. Christ is the book of Numbers. Christ is the Old Testament. Christ is the New Testament. Christ, now, how can you say that? You can easily say this because the Gospel of John, chapter 1, says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. He was with God in the beginning. So when you look at Christ, you won't find Christ just at the manger, but you will find Christ at the very beginning of time. The God, the, the God of Israel says, let's make man in our image. When you, when you look at the power of the spoken word and you look at creation, what creation does, if the church, and however we articulate and believe what the word church means, if we look at the word church and we take that word church, and if the church would preach 
and teach and and deliver Genesis as in creation, what we will find, we will find a stronger and a more stable church. But if if it was just to dive straight in and just keep talking about end times, end times, end times, it can rock you. And what can it what it can do? It could put fear in your bones. But you've got to know the beginning to understand that how the beginning came about. So Christ deals with a lot of fear. And I believe Christ is dealing with a lot of church damage. I believe that there have been a lot of people damaged by preachers and teachers, false teaching, all that sort of stuff, without going into going into the depths and the cogs and the processing and the thinking of that. I believe God is dealing with a lot of bruising, a lot of... The Bible talks about sound doctrine. Is it important to have sound doctrine? But to get sound doctrine, you need revelation. To get revelation, you've got to be a follower of Jesus. You can't just be a theologian as in an academic, because the Bible says that knowledge puffs up. Knowledge is powerful, but also knowledge can be damaging. Knowledge can be controlling. But when... But when knowledge is pushed away and revelation comes in, what you find as God reveals his word to you, you find what happens in this text that we're in. So looking at the text that we're in, it says, now God is speaking to the nation. The nation is built up with humanity. Humanity was created by the creator. Who is the creator? The God of Israel. The God of Israel is this God that we are reading about here. And he says, do not fear for I am with you. He's not speaking to the dirt. He's not speaking to the earth. He's not speaking to the trees. He's not speaking to the to the empty palaces. He's not speaking to brick walls. He's speaking to the makeup and the fabric of the nation. What is the fabric? What is the makeup? It is humanity. God is always speaking to humanity. He is speaking and he addresses the audience. Look, when you look Christ, he always addressed the audience. He always spoke in a language that was a language of, of fishing, a language of agricultural, a language of of whatever situation he was in. He would always bring and he would always use picture formation or work workplace scenarios like fishing, agriculture. You know, every, he would always use that because that's how human beings can understand what he is talking about. You know, it is really important that I clearly understand that I am born again by the creator of heaven and earth. I am born again because he is the rock and my redeemer. I am born again because of John 3.16. I am, look, at, look at Nicodemus. If you was to study and understand the story and the fact and the upbringing of Nicodemus, Nicodemus was a learned man. He was an educated man, but he had to go to Jesus at night under the dark of dusk because he didn't want anybody else to see. When you uh, Nicodemus was an educator, Nicodemus was a was a great man of words. Nicodemus knew how to speak. He was articulate. He was a very educated man. But he didn't understand about what it is like to be born again. There is a great dialogue in the Gospel of John of of Christ and Nicodemus talking about you must be born again. Nicodemus says, how can I enter the concept of my mother's womb? Jesus says, you can't do that, Nicodemus. 
So even the great learners, the great thinkers, the great articulators, the great scientists will hit a place of of blockage, of academic blockage, a blockage where academics and science and reason and and, uh, and, and almost theological depth can almost bring you to take you down a rabbit hole of 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 a stop of a cul-de-sac that's when christ comes in and he reveals his word to you and to me i pray that wherever you are that we realize it is not about our uh where we have been birthed it doesn't matter if we've been birthed on the wrong side of the tracks or if we've been birthed in a palace god reveals himself to us god speaks to every one of us so creation is really important to understand because creation gives me a foundation of the rest of the 65 books all the way through. Creation gives me stability. Creation gives me an understanding that I will find, what will I find in the book of Genesis? I will find the Holy Spirit. I, w- I will find Christ. I will find the creator of heaven and earth. I will find uh astrology when i'm talking about astrology I, I i'm talking about the stars i'm talking about the heavens i'm talking about even isaiah the book that we're in at this moment it talks very clearly that Christ, god is stretching out the heavens like a scroll he is before time he knows the end from the beginning the beginning from the end so what what we must understand is that god created humanity and he is talking to humanity even though he's talking to israel He's not talking to the flag alone of Israel. He's not talking to the political agendas. He's not talking to the the system of Israel. He's talking to the human beings that make up the nation. And he's always speaking to us as individuals. He's talking corporately. He's talking individually. He's talking to the body of Christ. He's talking to the to the units. He's talking to the 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 individuals. He's talking to the to the ones that make up the church. We make up the church. So do not fear, for I am with you. If we just take anything tonight before we break a bread. God is saying, do not fear. See, the earth will not fear. The sun will not fear. The moons, the stars, they will not fear. God is speaking to the nation, and the nation is Israel, and Israel is the people. So God is speaking to the people. He's not talking to the to the to the boulders in the wasteland. He's not talking to the olive trees in the garden of Gethsemane. He's talking to the individuals. He's talking to his children. He's talking to the makeup that make up the nation. He's talking to Israel as as the nation and it can only be a nation because it is made up of humanity so god is talking to humanity he's talking to the leaders he's talking to the sons and the daughters he's talking to the jew the greek the gentile the slave the free god is speaking to you and to me tonight and he's telling us do not fear from the beginning of time to the end of time god deals with those that are fearful God deals with those that are worried. God God deals with, he nurtures, he brings through, he, he makes a way where there is no way. God loves you unconditionally. But the God that we are looking at is the God of heaven and earth. He is outside of time. As quick as the universes and the quick of the acceleration and the speed of light and the speed of sound... 
do we realize that God is outside of that? That God is not on the inside like we are. God is on the outside of that. God is quicker than time. God is quicker than the speed of sound. God is outside of that. God is far beyond that because he created space, time, and matter. That's another interesting subject that, that we've been speaking about. I've heard Donnie many times, our brother Donnie in Coffee and Prayer, talking about that, how that's been brought up, about space, time, and matter, because we are living in a time of the three elements that are needed to, to bring something into existence. You need the three elements through science, through reasoning, and without going into quantum physics and working all that out. The Bible says, just believe. Just believe. When Christ called them on the shoreline, he said, just believe. Come and follow me. He doesn't talk about walking in front of him. He doesn't talk about uh, leading him Christ is the leader. Christ is the good shepherd. Now, the Bible deals with fear. God deals with fear. God is the word. God is in the word. Christ is the word. Whatever way you break it down theologically, understand that, turn that around, you put that into order of your theological understanding and the way that you study, the way that you read, and the way that you understand we understand Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We understand that Christ said on Ascension Day, when Christ was was taken up into the heavens, when when Christ ascended on uh, when he ascended in 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 the New Testament, he said, "I won't leave you as orphans. I will I will send you a Comforter. I will send you a Comforter." And we see this in the Book of Acts. We see the power of the Holy Spirit. We see the power of God's Spirit. We see the power of the Holy Spirit come down. And it's, it says when they was gathered together in the upper room, when the doors were locked, when the windows were bolted for the fear of the Jewish leaders, they was locked down. They was in a position of waiting. They was in expectation. Is the church in expectation or is the church in a, in a time of planning? I believe the church, as we know it, is a, in a time of planning when the church should always be in a time of expectating, expecting, sorry. I am expecting a move of God. I am not planning God because I cannot plan God. So I need to expect that God will show up. When I expect God is going to move, then I will go by faith. The just shall live by faith. The Bible says not by works so that no one can boast. I love that fact that, that some of us can work and some of us have to be just in our place of home because of certain concepts. We might not, might not be well. We might not even be able to get out of the room that we're living in. But thanks be to God by the power of the social platforms, by the power of technology. God is in your home. You are getting word. You are getting Bible studies. You are getting Holy Communion. However and wherever you get church. God is using all things to get to you and get to the word that's got to get to you and keep you connected. You know, the, the great writer, the New Testament writer writes, even though I can't be with you in bodily form, I am with you in spirit. That is such a beautiful comfort in text. I can't be with you in bodily form. We can't be here, there and everywhere, but we are kin by the Holy Spirit. So we are connected by the Spirit. We are connected by the Word. We are connected by the God of Israel. We are connected by the Creator. But 
even though we are created and we are created as a human race, the Bible talks about the human race, this needs to be addressed in so many people's lives. Fear. Fear of people. Fear of culture. Fear of money. Fear of the money of not having enough of and fear of losing what you have. You know, millionaires can be fearful of losing it. People can be fearful of not having it. Trying to find the balance of materialism. We're in a culture where we're driven by the corporate. We're in a world that is driven by by materialism. We're in a world that is driven by socialism. We're in a world driven is driven by so many factors that are visible. But when the Bible says the just shall live by faith, trying to live by faith takes endurance, takes hope. But with hope and with endurance brings can bring fear. Because we are human, we our, our sensual perception, our, our perception of life, everything that we perceive through and everything that we have. So our natural senses, our touch, smell, eyesight, so what we see, what we hear, what we touch, the, 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 the main basic areas of, of how we live. Faith is greater than that. Faith is bigger than perception. But most of our daily life is about through sensual perception of touch, smell, see, hear, uh, movement, sight, all, all those, what we perceive. The Bible is bigger than what we can perceive or anticipate or, or what we, we can't plan God. We can't plan a Holy Spirit move. We actually can't plan a revival meeting. We can we can go by faith and say, God, we are going to have a meeting on this day at this time, as you already know, but we are going to go to church today, Lord, and we thank you that, Lord, you will be there because we are going into your house. If any evangelistic team, if any outreach team think that we can plan God, that we are in control of controlling, now we have put a tent up, now we are in a stadium now you will answer to us, God. No, 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 no. We need to be believers of faith and to go by faith. You can have a revival in your front room. You can have a revival in the front of your van. You can have a revival in your workspace. We do not need a tent and we do not need the next greatest evangelist to tell us that Jesus is coming to town today when you buy this ticket at five quid. Jesus is not for sale. Jesus is not up for sale. The gifts are not up for sale. You can't buy the gift of healing. We see that through Simon the Sorcerer very clearly. Even though Simon the Sorcerer was baptized, he still wanted to buy the gift. Coming back to the scriptures, we come to the table. We're going we're gonna to come to the Passover. We're going to come to the passing over. I need God to erase one word from me tonight, and that is the word Easter. Because what we are looking at, we are not looking at the word Easter, because Easter is a very worldly way of presenting what we know. I've got to come to an understanding that the Bible talks about the Passover. God, in, in Exodus, he says... When he doesn't talk about Easter, he talks about the passing over. The Passover, we are remembering the Passover. The elements, what we are remembering, the body is the bread, the blood 
is the cup. So they are they are emblems of what happened, not just at the cross, but before the cross. You will find God has already put in a plan, a redemption plan in the book of Exodus. Exodus, we start to see very clearly through the human eyes and through the reading of the concept of the word of God that there is a redemption plan. He says, take a lamb. John says, ah, the lamb of God. So the old comes to the new, the new goes to the old. The old goes to the new, the new goes. You cannot separate the Old Testament and the New Testament. They run together. They run beautifully together. They run side by side. They, they one, one moves one day this way, the other one goes in front. The old, they, they move together. They are fluid. I will use the word fluid. They run together in a way where they, I don't even use, I can't even use the word, it's, it's sometimes it's very difficult to find words to explain because I am I am not a person of words. I am not an educated person. I, I my vocabulary is very limited. My understanding of words, my presentation of words, I really have to pronounce. I really have to speak clear. I have to make funny motions with my lips to get that out because that's the way I have to express words. So when I am about to present a word or to talk. I find that I have to really be very clear. So so it's very difficult sometimes for me to find a word. So the Old Testament runs with the new. The new runs with the old. He says, I am the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So we find there three. Within the three, we find numerology. Numerology is in the scripture. I am the same yesterday, historically. I am the same today, present. And I am the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Future tense, in the future. Three, one, two, three. How many nows at the cross of Calvary? One, two, three. What do the nows represent? I, I present it like this. Historical sin, present day sin, and future sin. So three is used a lot. Now, I've mentioned Jonah. Three days he was in the belly of the fish. Christ was in the earth for three days. Three is a very important uh, presentation through through numbers in the Bible. Seven is a is a very biblical number. Twelve is a biblical number. Ten is a very important number. The Ten Commandments. So God uses everything. He uses science. He he uses numbers, numerology. He uses his heavenly host to get his word through. He uses any way, shape, and form to speak to humanity. So here we have coming to the table. Now let's come to the table. I'm going to read this scripture and verse 10 of uh, Isaiah 41. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He's lifting up the nation the nation is built up of individuals, individuals with character, individuals with feelings, individuals with faith, individuals with fear, individuals. He is speaking to humanity. He is addressing a nation and he is addressing you and me tonight. And the word that is coming very loud and clear through the world of podcasting, through the world of uh, 
what we are looking at here, especially here, is very clearly um, faith and very clearly fear. Faith and fear is like the tear, the, the wheat and the chaff. It, it grows very close together. Faith and fear, they, they almost can sometimes be impossible to see the distinctive line between the two, that one moment I might be completely in faith, the next moment I might be completely in fear, but the both of them almost grow and, and move together. Because we are, are, are the human race and the human makeup is made up of all these elements, we must have to understand that we are emotional people, that we are people of feelings. We are, we are, the Bible talks very clearly about feelings of emotions and, and everything that goes with that. So as we come to the table tonight, wherever you are across this world, as we, as we are broadcasting to you tonight, wherever you are across planet Earth, God is with you and God is speaking very powerfully and very clearly through Isaiah 41 verse 10. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will guide you. I will lead you. Do not be afraid. Whatever your life looks like at this moment, do not be afraid. And do not be afraid to speak out to to other believers. I've had a fearful week. I've been worried this week. I've been stressed this week. I've been really tired this week. But also go, do you know what? I've had a good day yesterday. This afternoon was, was pretty good. I, I I found a place where I could rest a moment. So it's good to speak about your good, uh, good points, the weak points, because when we speak about it, what it does is it encourages the body of Christ. But if I was to go around all day shouting out, I'm blessed and highly favoured and wonderfully and fearfully made. Uh, God is blessing me. God is. I've, I've spoke with God today. I'm not being true to myself and I'm not being true to you. So it's it's really needed that church leaders and pastors and, and, and whoever we are, leaders, bishops, deacons, congregations, are very open and very honest with each other because encouragement comes through the realisation that, hang on a minute, that sister over there or that brother over there that, that I always looked at and thought, wow, they've got it together, has literally had a bad day today. That can bring us comfort, not because we're going, yeah, great, they've had a bad day. It's the fact that is, I'm not alone. I'm not alone in feeling fearful. I'm not alone in thinking, God, where are you? Have you abandoned me? Am I, am I just dreaming all this stuff up? But God deals with fear. God is addressing fear. And as we come to the table tonight, I pray that you will rest in the arms of Christ. Lean into Jesus. He deals with everything. He is our God. He is your King. He is your Redeemer. Genesis talks about redemption. There is a redemption plan right before our very eyes in Genesis. And we are taking this now in clear understanding biblical terms when Christ taught the disciples in that upper space as they gathered on straight street as they gathered around the the Passover table as they took bread as they had a meal together he said do this as often as you come together in, in, in my presence remember remember me remember me so Lord I'm remembering you tonight in my in my 
uh, in my simple formation, my simple understanding that I'm a human being, I'm a sinner saved by grace, but I'm also a son of the living God. You are a son and you are a daughter. Bless this bread that I understand that represents the body of Christ. As I've broken this, Lord, I pray for my sisters and brothers on the other side of the lens tonight that you will strengthen them in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, that you will touch their hearts tonight, God, and you will bring them and you will draw them into that place, that place of rest. So as we break bread, remembering the Passover, erase the word Easter from my vocabulary, a very worldly, a very commercial word. And Lord, let me understand what the Passover means, the passing over of destruction. So I'm remembering that my house, my place of of living, that me now, now I'm in the new covenant, I'm washed in the blood of Jesus. And the blood was a sign. God said, the blood will be a sign over the doorpost, over the lintel of the house. But now we are washed in the blood of Jesus. You are washed. See, the blood will be a sign. So we're doing this, that we are remembering the Passover of the thousands of years through historical events that have happened, that this is still in existence. And it is growing and it is moving and it is accelerating and it is it quickening taking of the of the body of Christ father bless this bread in Jesus name amen i thank god for your lives i i may never meet you on this earth but but god is with you and whatever you face as a human being as a as a sister or a brother in christ I pray that God will will just just show you the way tonight for your life, for your work, for your business, for your family, for your home. If you're married, if you're not married, if you're going through divorce, if you're going through marriage, whatever whatever your life is, if if you're getting a business moving, if you just lost a business, if you are employed, unemployed, retired, not retired, you know, all of us live very different lives. All of us experience very different things, but we all are blessed by the same God, the God of Israel. So as we come to the table tonight, as we journey very differently, culturally, through academics, through where we're birthed, where we're born, we all work in different places. We we all see different. We all think different. But this is a time when we come together. And Father, I pray that as we are together tonight, as we are united, we take this cup and I pray, Lord, that you will just wash us in the crimson, in the blood of Jesus. Lord, I'm sorry that I've fallen. I'm sorry that I've I've sinned. I'm sorry that I've acted. I'm sorry that I've thought. But by redemption, I thank you that I am forgiven, that I am washed. If I've hurt anybody, Lord, Father, I pray that they will forgive me. If I've upset anybody, that, Lord, they will forgive me if i've acted wrongly with someone lord let them father forgive me if i've said something wrong and i've I've spoken wrongly forgive me lord but i thank you jesus that i can come to the cross of calvary and look at that cross which is empty because the the crib is empty the grave is empty 
The cross is empty because he's alive. Jesus is alive. Wash me in the blood of Jesus from the crown of my head to the sole of my feet. Forgive me of my failings, but thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible is very clear. It says, There is only one righteous one. He is the high priest. He is the king of the Jews. He is the creator of heaven and earth. When you look at, when you, if you were to um, do some studying of Christ, Christology it's known, that I'm studying Christ, I'm, I'm looking at Christ, I'm, I'm studying, uh, you, you will find so much forgiveness and love and beauty and power and authority to who? To the human race. To the ones that he created, because he created us. So when you look at salvation, he saved us. He set us free. So I will find salvation, redemption, justification, sanctification, clean, clear, sound doctrine, where? In Genesis, in the book of Genesis. Lord, as we, as we carry on our lives tonight, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you will just reveal yourself to us. And for those that may be struggling with the concept of Christianity, of, of beating ourselves up, I'm wretched, I can't do it, I'm never going to make it. That's correct. But because of the power of redemption and salvation and justification and the power of favour, Favor, the word favor, has been misinterpreted through the wrong preaching that favor is about money and a material gain. When favor in the Bible isn't about that, favor is about unconditional giving of God onto the human being, not through liquidity, not through materialism, not through assets, not through banks but through the saving grace of Jesus Christ. That's what favour is about. Unconditional grace. Unconditional favour. Not materialism. You can be the richest person on earth and have no money. You can be the richest person on earth and have no materialism. Because salvation is outside of liquidity. Salvation is outside of stocks and shares. Salvation is outside of materialism. Salvation is outside of the political areas. Salvation is outside of academics. Salvation is outside of all that because you can't buy that. So when I say rich, I'm talking about rich in Jesus, rich in the word, rich in your walk with Christ, rich in your innermost being at peace, at rest. You know, materialism brings a lot of stress. Materialism and, and socializing and um, climbing the tower of life can bring bitterness and jealousy and frustration. But when we pray a prayer of strip me back, 
the scripture says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that means materialism gets pushed aside. Socializing gets pushed aside. Political areas of, of understanding gets pushed aside. Liquidity and finance and everything gets pushed aside because when you seek the kingdom of God, you're seeking the king. And the king, and we are servants of the king, we are, we are grafted in. So we have everything that he requires us to have. The Bible says, uh, continue, continue in the way that you have been brought. So it's the word, the word, the word, the word, the refreshing word of God, the spoken word, the rhema word, the spoken word, the, the, the unspoken word, but the word that is alive in your innermost being. It is the word of God that will break all fear, that will break all doubt that will break all stress or strain or anxiety. It is the word of God that will bring a prosperous life, not a prosperous life in financial gain, but a prosperous life, as God said to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Then you will be successful. Success isn't about materialism. Success is about not is not having thousands of people liking us on social media. Success is not about having a mass friendship group. Success is being in God. You will find peace and rest and favor through the word. You will find strength. You will find hope. You will find love in the scripture. You will find power and anointing in the scripture. You will find peace. You will find food. The Bible says man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So now is a time as we accelerate into a famine period, a famine of materialism, a famine of finance, a famine of, of housing, a famine of materialism, a famine of food. But man does not live on bread alone. Man does not live on, on materialism. Man cannot survive on material gain, commercialism. Man cannot survive just on on socialism man cannot survive just on political areas man cannot survive in that man has to be stripped back of that to progress so seek you first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all things shall be added may god bless you and strengthen you in the mighty name of jesus christ you are blessed and highly favored you are wonderfully and fearfully made and i pray that wherever you are tonight you will find strength in jesus don't follow pastors, don't follow me, don't follow denominations, don't follow bishops, don't follow the crowd, follow Jesus Christ, follow the king above all kings, follow Jesus, don't follow denominations, don't follow the, the biggest ministries, don't follow all that, follow Jesus, he is the great high priest, he is the, the head of the church, he is your Jehovah Jireh, he is your provider he is your rock of ages he is your god follow jesus the word is the way forward the word in the beginning was the word john chapter 1 verse 1 have a wonderful evening whatever your time zone is across this world here within the uk it is 8 34 if you are following us on buzzsprout spotify iHeartRadio, god bless you and many other social platforms Amazon Music, Alexa and all that. If you're on the socials tonight, God bless you in the name of Jesus. But wherever you are on this beautiful earth, because the earth is beautiful and I'm referring to creation and nature, because God created all things. 
Sit back and be still and know that your Redeemer lives. There is hope. There is light in the darkness because he is the light of the world. God bless you. We'll see you soon in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. God bless and good night. Take care. Thank you for listening to Elin Church's one of this latest podcast. You can find us on Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Alexa, Mixcloud, Facebook, Instagram and YouTube.